1: Aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the Outlandish, Heidi Hollis is the Outlander. Outlander. Outlander.
2: everybody, to my awesome Friday evening. You are listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander. So welcome to the show. Round of applause for me. Yay. What's it again? Oh, it's Friday. It is Friday. It is my Friday. I own Friday nights. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but it is true. It is true. So now, if you guys do not know where you've landed, I am going to explain myself because you're probably staring at me going, what? This show is about bringing outlandish and interesting topics to the forefront, from aliens to angels, ghost demons, holy encounters, shadow people to Bigfoot to the outlandish. I always say if it's weird, we're here, and so are you, so you're just as odd as I am. Now, to learn more about me, you can always go to my website, which is pen, paper, I always tell everybody to grab one of those, HeidiHollis.com, okay? Um, And when it comes to the outlandish, from bad aliens to good aliens, to visions of Jesus, to angels, personally, I am someone who has been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked out, found some answers, wrote about it. Yeah, I got some books out there, people. Got over it. That was not easy. And now I hope to help others do the same thing and understand various parts of our very freakish world. I know. I know, it's a very, very weird world. So anyways, if you go to my website, HeidiHollis.com, you will find my YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and groups. I have a Yahoo group even. I mean, any method, manner that you could think of, I think I've got it up there. I don't know. You have to look. You have to look. And you know, if you ever miss this program, you can always go and check out the podcast later, okay? I mean, but if you're listening live now, you don't have to do that, do you? You know, I want to tell you guys, too, other ways that you can listen to this program. Of course, going to InceptionRadioNetwork.com. You can listen to us live or get the podcasts archived there on the site. Or get the app for your Android or iPhone. I mean, and it's free. It's easy. You could just do it, and there it is. It's always there available for you. So now, and then for those of you out there, who don't like to sit there in front of your computer any more than you have to because you do it like at work and then you come home and you stare at a computer? No, a lot of people don't care to do that. So you can also call a phone number and listen to the host show live, 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. You just listen by phone. Isn't that cool? I know. I know it's cool. Inception Radio Network is... You know, bad like that, I could say a bad word, but I won't. It's badass, okay, I said it. All right, so call into this show. If you ever want to call in, give me a holler, talk to my guests, you can call this number one eight eight nine one nine twenty three fifty five or simply Skype your comments and questions to Inception Radio Network. Look for that on Skype, and we also have a chat room. And sometimes I go in there and I poke around and see what people are saying. And, of course, I am always looking to take your questions out of there as well. My awesome producer, Jamie, he will catch your questions and send them on my way. So if you are shy, you know you can do that now. Isn't that great? Mm Mm-hmm. I know. Okay. So I have to tell you guys, the beginning of my programs, I always do this. And it seems to be appreciated somehow. (laughs) <laughs> there's this little thing I call the outlandish corner. This is where I address all of the many, many, many emails that I get from all over the world from you guys who have experienced odd things, are curious about something, or just, I don't know, just want a little bit of advice, really. And I have been known to give a little bit here and there because I just, I don't know. I've been through a lot of crap, people. Been through a lot of crap. Sometimes people just want to write and vent. So, if you're one of those people, you can always write me on Facebook. Just put one in front of my name, one Heidi Hollis, okay? You'll find me there on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, my email, dasoutlander, dustoutlander, at gmail.com. You can send your uh, emails on over to me that way, okay? Okay, everybody, I'm going to go over to the Outlandish Corner, and I'm going to get to some of the letters that have been sent in to me recently. And uh, this one is is interesting. It's a little different because it's not like somebody's experience or anything like that. It says, Dear Heidi, I have some questions if you could answer them to the best of your knowledge. Oh, it's going to be a hard one. No, it's not. Okay. What do you think of David Ikes? Okay, that's the first question. All right. Uh, David Ikes, he is the fella who is across the pond from us here in the US, um, UK fella, who talks of, he was a journalist and author of many books on the topic of reptilian alien beings and how they essentially mask themselves as psh people as you and I, especially people in power, politicians, I don't know, performers, maybe entertainers, whatever people that pull the strings of other people. And uh, essentially he's saying that we are being misled by them. Uh, and uh, then the next question here says, do you believe in the reptile theory? Now um, David, Ikes okay, <laughs> I, I gotta get, I, it, it takes a little bit of digging uh, into my own story to answer this question to the best of my knowledge as uh you've asked here um but I'll, I'll finish this it says is this a cult on the move or what do you think i came across this website and wonder what other people think of this thank you libby so okay libby david ikes he is very interesting um do so i think he's a cult you know i i as long as People don't go overboard and do witch hunts. Um, I haven't heard of any witch hunts on the web as of late, and surely no bounty or it's been placed on anybody's head to skin them to see if they're a reptile underneath their skin. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm just like, look, whatever people believe to be true for themselves and whatever they experience for themselves, I am surely not in the place to knock them down for what they believe to be true. Um David Ikes apparently has experienced some things and researched a lot of things that um lend him to believe what he does uh and and to dig into my own background here, I'm getting a shovel, okay, there it is uh no <laughs> I'm not gonna shovel any crap at you guys. truly, I have had some very peculiar run-ins with reptile like thingies um no, I didn't see any slithering beings uh, going across the street or something like that Um, I had seen some things that uh, I just I I can't even I can't even explain so clearly okay get this I have run into three and this is detailed in my book The Secret War I have run into three people who were very peculiar in the way that they, they, they they moved about literally I mean very anal uptight like really really tight (laughs) upright people who uh (laughs) have this the this high interest in the topic of ufos and aliens and they involve themselves in groups like that and then they kind of keep an eye on people and ask peculiar questions and kind of steer the conversation and offer a lot of research into the topic of these types of alien beings uh reptilian greys uh abducting beings and um at least those three kind of revealed that they were not exactly human um, to myself and others who knew them and ran into them because they did things that just are not normal. Okay, um, I had one do, I, the best I could describe it is a, a psychic punch on me. And at the time, I mean, this thing tossed me halfway across the room I, in front of a friend. So it, it was it was you know if I had any doubts about what the heck this guy was I had no doubts after that let me tell you and I had trouble walking straight for a few days it was just the wind was knocked right out of me um just couldn't believe it and and I didn't know this at the time but apparently reptilian alien beings are known for doing psychic punches just smacking people without reaching for them I mean it's just the strangest thing so when I learned that that was actually a phenomenon I, I was yeah, I was already convinced, but that really just—you know—when you know you're not alone, whew That really was something else. So, do I think uh, David Icke is onto something? I think he's onto something. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I had actually run into ex—many ex-military people. Spontaneous—I I think I have a target painted on my forehead that says "come to talk to me about anything alien-related." But ex-military people who have said, "Psh, it's well known." Margaret Thatcher is a reptilian. Has, told me, reptilian. Uh, the Bush family, and Clintons, and um, I mean, just blatant, just like, it's well known in the military if you're in the right branch, and just mind-blowing, so uh, yeah, um, I believe the reptilian theory, and, and, and then some, is, is a little bit uh, kind of on the right track with what's going on, because I, I've seen things, I've heard things, and spontaneous things, it, it just blow my mind people who don't know who i am just just talking about this stuff and i'm like Phew, wow just really knock me knocked me a good one there so if it's a cult move psh, i guess count me in I, I don't know i'm a christian so <laughs> a cult i don't worship any reptiles no no uh-uh. but they are rotten to the core these things have nothing good in mind for you and i Okay, let's just put it that way. Reptilians, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Well, take a look at uh, David Icke's work. And uh, honestly, I'll tell you a little secret too. Um, the first radio show I'd ever done, I got contacted by David Icke. Uh, and uh, I really wasn't that familiar with him. <laughs> okay, I really wasn't familiar with him at all. And I'm like, uh, I was being compared to him. Cause I was speaking of the shadow people and reptilians in a very similar tone as him. And I had never heard him speak or anything. I'm like, really? And then he contacts me. I'm like, well, okay, cool. And, uh, yeah. So I guess he and I have some things in common and, and I guess knowing that uh, something is truly rotten about these beings being reported all over the world and their agenda. So there you have it, Libby. I hope that helped you. And, um, I'm going to go on here to the next email here that says, Hey Heidi, I'm so happy that my brother caught your show on another network and told me about it. I've checked out your website and most of your YouTube videos. I do plan on getting some of your books. It's both exciting and inspirational to see you spearhead a movement and dialogue on the topics you discuss." Oh, cool. Um, (laughs) I would very much like to talk about my experience as a child living in the now-closed McLaren Hall in 1977. Now, I honestly can't remember if I was awake or dreaming. What I remember is the urge to go to the bathroom. I go through the door to the bathroom, and I'm heading towards the toilet, but suddenly I feel this eerie chill on the back of my neck. I turn back towards the door, and in the one-foot space between the top of the door and the ceiling stood what you have coined to be the hat man. Ugh, I had to give you chills. He was moving from side to side, the width of the door, like something from an old school Atari video game, but Atari, of course, was not out then. He was a dark shadowy figure. The hat he had on was pointy, more like that of a witch in a cape. I didn't see any other features. When he stopped in the center of the door, my thoughts of what is this thing, I can't believe what I'm seeing, turned to feelings of fear And this thing is evil. It is at this time he leaps off the door. Time slows down as I turn to run. Gosh, it's giving me the creeps right now. I could see in the slowness of time to the corner of my eye that he is expanding in height in midair. By the time my back is fully towards him, he is on my back, knocking me down to the floor. Okay, not only are you freaked out that you saw it, now it pounces on you. He is now holding both my arms out to the side. I feel the cold bathroom tile on the right side of my face. Now it seems he grows suddenly an extra pair of arms, because he is already holding both my arms, and with a third hand, bigger than my head he is trying to crush my head through the floor as soon as he landed on my back i was paralyzed somehow i knew that paralysis was overkill because no man could fight him let alone a kid without being paralyzed so there i am this evil thing is pressing the life out of me i'm terrified paralyzed and now fading to black it was then that the answer came to me i began to try to speak. The effort to speak while paralyzed and the devil trying to crush your head cannot be described. Amen to that. Um, What I can say is, though, he tried with me to keep me from saying one word he could not. I love this part. When I finally just said the word Jesus, he was gone. Me and my older brother talk about it to this day because he was attacked by one of the shadow people. He was awake and said that it looked very similar to a ninja with black demon eyes. He says the eyes of the demon depicted in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, is what they look like. Heidi, this happened to me long before you were born. I have heard of one story like this happening to a guy that belonged to the generation before mine. It would be interesting to see if the generation of, say, 1939 had a name for him, too. I like the name Hatman though. Sounds fitting, being I never knew what to call it anyways. Thousands of kids have gone through McLaren over the decades, it would be interesting to know how many other kids encountered the Hat Man or the Shadow People while they were there. Maybe you could ask during your radio show for people to contact you if they were there and experienced something. You guys hear that? Okay, McLaren Hall. All right. Um, <laughs> like you, I have seen some things. My conclusion is Satan is real. He has an army of wicked men doing his biddings on earth. For those who witness and experience these types of events, we have a signature of light from God that lets him know we are a threat. So he is, He or demonic forces will manifest in this reality to say, we know who you are. Okay, Heidi, that's my hat man experience. Perhaps I could do some illustrations of it for you in the future. Oh, yeah, please do, please do. Um, <laughs> keep up the good work. Hope to hear from you. Please keep letting people know that faith in Jesus is the way to combat this enemy in whatever form he deploys. Thank you, Victor. Wow. What a story there, Victor. Um, You know what? I, I'm so glad that you wrote it because uh, a lot of people that have experienced these things, I mean, I have been talking for years. It's like, if you want to get rid of these dark things, you know, try to muster the strength to say the name Jesus because it really uh it, it, as you can see and you know, what it did for you uh, what he did for you is uh made this thing uh, vanish in an instant and and it's it, it's so interesting to me that uh you knew at such a young age it just within you that you had to say this name i mean wow what is that what is that 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 makes us call out to god in our most like dire moment like Oh, I got to pray because oh, I am really I'm down on death row. I better find God. <laughs> you know, I you know what is that? We just know something's missing and we know that in order in order to get that darkness out of our life, we have to look for the light. I mean, even out of the mouth of babes like yourself there, you uh, you knew what to do and I I applaud you in being able to do that. So, uh here's a here's a round of applause here. Here that's that's me um <laughs> so uh anyways you know uh, something that is uh very interesting to me too when it comes to your story here this uh this darkness you feel that it's Satan. you feel that uh, it's letting you know that that they're around now it, there there's there's something that's been just really bugging me because i get a ton A ton of emails and hear a ton of stories, I mean, randomly uh, from people who are like, you know, if they they hear about what it is that I do, it's like, well, I got a ghost story for you. And they start telling me about the hat man, a hat man experience. They have no idea that others have seen it. I sit there and I I listen to them and I pull up my website and like, did it look like this? And they're like, oh, oh, my God, you know, how'd you know? You know, it's just uh, amazing and shadow people and and all that stuff, too. What is so, so disturbing to me, okay, I cover holy encounters for anybody who doesn't know. My book, Jesus is No Joke, is out there in uh, Picture Prayers. That's an angelic book. Uh, I, I I write on these things. I write on a lot of different things. But all I hear about, mostly, spontaneously, are these dark things coming to people out of nowhere. I'm like... You know, why can't I get more of these? Oh, an angel showed up to me once, you know. Or, uh, you know, I I had the the oddest experience, the most beautiful experience of, uh, you know, I don't know if I was awake or asleep, you know, but I think I visited heaven, you know. I don't get those as much. So the balance, the balance of things, things, something is awry, people. Let's just put it that way. Something is stinking in the air, okay. When you can go as a ghost hunter into random buildings... And pull out your little meters and little gadgets, and get a reading of there being a disturbance in the air for something most people consider to be not positive i don't I don't like ghosts I don't like ghosts peeking in me in my shower. Do you like the feeling of a ghost why do, why did the Why do the hairs on the back of our necks stand up if they're all there innocently you know and why would a, why would God? Let a child go running around. Oh, it's just a baby ghost, oh, is and she. No, what did that child do? That is not a child. That's not a child. Okay, especially if it scratches and carries on. I and whatever. Okay, I'm I'm getting off base, but anyways, when you could come into a random place and uh, take pictures randomly and get orbs showing up and getting things on your on your meters, it, there's something there's something just not right. Just something not right. We need to get a little bit more right with uh, the more positive things in life. It wouldn't wouldn't it be cool to be like <laughs> I could go into any random place and get a picture of a of an angel with wings. Woo! How cool would that be? But no, no, mm-mm. no. We're getting these random pictures of uh, dark things, shadows, and God, it's like oh, that's just that's lighting it up out there, people. I mean, you know this is another thing that comes to mind, and you know maybe maybe i should I should finish here uh, with victor's uh victor's story here. I mean, you guys heard his request mclaren hall nineteen seventy seven if you guys have experience hatman shadow People, anything there, you know, write me, and I shall definitely forward this on to this gentleman Victor, who had experienced things uh there um but uh you know okay, okay. Uh, i i i have to get into this too because this is just uh ooh this kind of eats at my brain just a little bit too okay what's that saying that uh we're all like uh, children of god okay so we're all a little a little speck in god's eye and oh, okay you know like I, I am not kidding you okay this is a true story my one of my sisters i have many i have many sisters um <laughs> had a kid she had very curly hair after she had her kid her curls in her hair went just they went to the kid, okay jeez she, she she has bone straight hair, I am not kidding you, I am not kidding you, bone straight hair apparently, a part of her went to her child almost literally okay there there was a change in her now, if we're all children of God, a little bit of him is in us, okay now imagine this rotten hatman guy he he's he's showing up to people's homes i don't care who you are i don't care who you are he is just popping up and uh, he's checking you out and you get that feeling like my soul's in danger i mean you just feel it i can't even describe to people like uh, uh victor was saying here it's hard to describe the devil is on your back and he's trying to smash your head through the floor that kind of horror that comes with that i have been met with something kind of like that it's just just horrible just horrible but uh it, you know gosh this this hellhound is sniffing you out <laughs> and you're like oh my goodness this is trying to take me down what am i going to do and that little speck of, of god in us you know like that was in victor it's just new call out to god call out to god but now what if what if uh what if it didn't cross victor's mind to to call it to god does he win somehow does this is Victor found, laid on the floor, Look like he just hit his head against the floor and died, God forbid. And so the soul is what, just picked up by this hat man and, and goes away. And there goes that little speck of God with him. This A little bit of strength from God. Now, wow. Holy smokes. You know, that's, uh, I mean, it, it, God forbid if you outlive your children, don't you feel like a part of your soul is taken with the, the passing kid? okay you get you got the picture okay all right because it, this is this is something that uh i think is important these dark things are randomly showing up to people all over the world and i think they're being successful at times i think that the balance is getting a little off out there people because there's not enough light being shared i'm thinking so um it's just it's just feeling just feeling like that okay Oh, just so oh, i don't know but uh, you know just so you guys know get your faith perked up a little bit out there and uh let's all perk up and uh realize if our little light goes out in us that has god or goes over to the dark side you're taking a little bit from the source of you know that, that is god so that's that's not cool that's not cool i sure don't want this place to be overrun by these dark things showing up and i am telling you all over the world thousands upon thousands i have thousands of emails from people describing these things from every part of the globe i am not exaggerating not exaggerating that so i can't even read them all it's it's awful okay um so for anybody i hope that this uh this helped you guys um Victor and Libby, thank you so much for writing me here, and I would love for you guys to do what I say is called a paranormal pledge. I want you to raise your right hand, and I want you to say I am going to tell at least one other person out there about my interests or my experiences when it comes to these odd things, because if we do not step out of our paranormal closets, we are not going to educate the world. You know what I'm saying? So go to Facebook. And check out, just type in Paranormal Pledge and join my group there of people just like yourselves who are talking on a friendly level without getting all crazy like most of the web is, okay? Um, Somebody is making a comment here from the chat room, okay? Give me one second. It says, maybe we are just, okay, this is from Lorraine, maybe we're just associating, shadow people with dark evil entities but i haven't heard of a shadow person really physically harming anyone yet (laughs) and lorraine is asking what's a hat man well oh my goodness uh when it comes to the hat man he is this dark entity that uh, i'm sorry, I've described it so many times on here sometimes I just don't go through the whole details of it, but hatman he is a dude that wears a three piece suit oftentimes sometimes a cape uh he wears a top hat he wears a gaucho hat he wears i don't know zorro's hat he wears a lot of different types of hat and uh if you go to my main website heidi hollis h e i d i h o l l i s dot com and you just click on hatman and you will find more information about him. Um I gave him his rotten name the hatman. Um and then shadow people. Um now you're you're saying maybe we're just associating them to with being dark and you haven't heard anybody getting hurt. Oh, I have. I have. I have had people write me saying how they were slammed up against the wall, beaten down and I just got done reading off how this kid was pinned to the floor by the hat man trying to smash his brains into the floor. I mean th- these things do happen. Um yeah, they're pretty awful. I mean they can get physical and um uh, they could be even more infiltrating than you can believe. So um so anyways you guys Facebook, go to Facebook and just in the search type in the word Paranormal Pledge. Those are two words and you will find my group called Paranormal Pledge and uh and join us. We'll chat it up, and uh, a lot of people write me there, too, so hey, all right. Holy smokes, you guys, you know what? We're going to have a very, 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 very interesting guest. We're going to have Conrad Kolchik come on. He is across the pond in the UK there, and we're going to talk about Fatima, aliens, everything, everything. This is going to be fun. All right. You guys, you're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander on Inception Radio Network, and we will be right back.
3: Radio Network, bringing you the very best alternative news, interviews, and more. 100% quality, 24-7, 365, for the last three years.
0: Hello guys, Jamie Havikin here for Heidi Hollis's The Outlander. Tune in to Inception Radio, Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the Stench of Truth. For outlander with host heidi hollis right here on inception radio networks fridays at 9 p.m i'll see you there thank
3: you are you a fan of inception radio network do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet well if you do head to facebook.com forward slash inception radio network and like the page tell your friends spread the word and keep listening to the best
0: Have some fun? Maybe get a little bit of insight. Get a lay of the land. Wanna know what's really going on?
1: <laughs> do
0: what I do. Listen to Future Theater. It airs every Saturday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Inception
1: Radio Network.com. We'll see you there.
3: You can catch each of these amazing shows every week on Inception Radio Network. Mondays we have The Jerry Pippin Show, 7pm Eastern, followed by Epic Voyages at 9pm. Tuesday, 3pm Eastern, we bring you The Real Twilight Zone, hosted by Alan Jones. This is followed by The Kevin Cook Show at 9pm. Ken Storch and Todd Kinnair bring you Paradigm Unhinged on Wednesdays, 9pm Eastern, followed by California and Mufon Radio at 11pm. First Energy Radio with Dr. Rita Louise is Thursday, 9pm Eastern. Ted Torbich brings you the stench of truth Friday, 7pm Eastern. With The Outlander, hosted by Heidi Hollis, following at 9pm. Then, bringing up Saturday's shows, we have Future Theatre Radio with hosts Bill and Nancy Burns, 6pm Eastern. Fringe Radio coming in at 8pm. And last, but definitely not least, we have... Radio, Brought to you by hosts Mike Lucas and Jamie Havocan. 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure to tune in and check out all of our fantastic shows. Inception Radio Network. We'll see you then. Get
0: advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis, the, the Outlander. Out. 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 We're
2: out. <magic Festival> Club- here. I know, I know, and you are too. We are giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics and the phone lines are open don't be shy, everybody. One eight eight nine one nine twenty three fifty five. 919 2355 Okay, guess what? We're going to get into some juicy stuff this evening. I am excited. I hope you guys are, too. All right, Conrad Kulczyk, who was born in Poland, where he studied engineering at the Technical University of Warsaw. Soon after, he moved to England, where in 1971, he was awarded a Ph.D. at the University of Surrey. He spent several years doing research in the field of laser applications and published several papers on the subject. His interests include psychology, philosophy, ancient civilizations, and religions. While working in Portugal in the 80s, he came in contact with a book about events in Fatima. This triggered his interest in this topic, which eventually led to the writing of his book, An Interest in Alien Intervention, in his book called... We are not alone in the universe. Everybody, welcome, Conrad Kulchick. Woo! Everybody standing to their feet here, Conrad. How are you?
4: Very well, well, well. Good evening, Heidi. Good evening, everybody. I'm very pleased to be on your show.
2: Oh, I am I'm excited to talk to you about this. I mean, the topic of Fatima, I mean, it, it just brings so much forward in people's minds. Can you tell us a little bit about it so people know what Fatima is?
4: Well, Fatima obviously is uh, in generally known as a uh, Christian apparition, and it happened in nineteen seventeen when a figure of a lady appeared to three children. Well, what is really interesting is that beside apparition, uh, we have uh, also three Fatima secrets which were very popular, well-publicized, and practically everybody probably heard about Fatima Secrets. But there was also another event, which for me was probably the key event, was, I call it, Display in the Sky, which somewhere is sort of omitted from the religious literature as well as from sort of general public. And when I read about this display in the sky, which really, what really mean, it, it was a rotating disc, more or less size of a sun, uh, shaking, falling to earth, uh, and basically, you know, causing uh, quite a upset of people watching it. Mm-hmm. And really, I concentrated really on, on the part of the obvious display. And this is why I was interested, because this display was observed by 50,000 people. Many of the witnesses were unbelievers, atheists, so we not really say that it was sort of um, religious bias in reporting the event. This is what I, I felt, that this is very, uh, I would call it neutral, objective, reliable witnesses describe this uh, event. And this is why, basically, I decided to investigate this further.
2: So, uh, how did you go about investigating this? Were you able to actually locate other witnesses to this? You got a, a collection of people to describe what they'd seen?
4: Well, uh What's really happened that basically the Fatima events are quite well documented.
2: Yeah, because this is 1917. You're speaking. That's of this. right. This yes, is some that's, time ago.
4: <laughs> well, that's that's that is why what is advantage of this because that time, um, uh, for example, uh, the children um, who uh, seen uh, the lady, they were. Uh, interview practically almost immediately after uh, after the apparition but after the display in the sky obviously we're talking about 50,000 people many of, of them were obviously journalists from newspapers writers doctors scientists so there's a quite a large group of people I call it educated people, who could describe these events quite accurately. And what most important is, they wrote down their statements. So therefore, is, uh, what I'm saying is easy to investigate because, be, because obviously there are so many statements. We're talking about approximately about hundred, let's say, written statements. So, it is really a question of analyzing the statements. Obviously, not all the statements are identical, the same, because people would see things differently. But uh, obviously, there is a, quite a common um, description. And, and what really happened is that um, when I was in Portugal, I came about a book written by a historian about Fatima. And this lady had access to, to the archive, to the Fatima archives. And from this archive, really she picked up quite a large number of these statements and put in her book. Therefore, really, you know, I had in the sense uh, easy lie because really, for me okay, book was in Portuguese, but I have to sort of learn obviously this language, but otherwise, really, I studied this statement, and um, this is really how I started my investigation and how I arrived to to my conclusions I
2: see and you you looked at it in an objective manner, you know i just to just to point out something, I had somebody on uh a few weeks ago, that was uh, studied the the Shroud of Turin and uh, came to the conclusion. I mean, objective conclusion, saying, "Wow, you know, this this had to have been exposed to some incredible energy to have created this impression of Jesus' face upon this cloth." And uh, and I'm like, "Wow, that's fantastic!" So you have scientifically proven this? He's like, "Yes," and it goes to show that Jesus was a regular man. And I'm like, "Whoa." you know, put the brakes on. What is What? You know, to me, it proves just the opposite that this was a fantastic event. And, uh, and then, you know, his partner chimes and he's like, well, you have to un- understand his religious belief it is Judaism. <laughs> and so I just, you know, Oh, then some subjective, you know, information comes into it and it's not objective anymore. So it was a little bit like, wow, you know, so you looked at this from the perspective of someone who has just fully, truly taken this in for what it is, and, uh, and uh, you know, I think I've heard of this, they called it the Dancing Sun uh, event or something like that. Uh, wasn't it for this, this sun-like uh, apparition that danced around in the sky and uh, carried on? So now, and these three children that that witnessed this, they were receiving messages. Were they receiving these messages very much like, uh, you know, were, were other people hearing the voices, or, or was this like, Telepathy, like people report with alien beings these days that also led you to believe this is not necessarily a religious event are you I mean where, where are you at with that?
4: Well, I think children hear the voices. I mean it is uh, uh, difficult to say it was telepathic because the only they could uh, hear voices, but uh, the whole apparition. I believe it was physical because the figure of a lady who appeared to children was extremely bright. It was so bright that effectively almost blind the children and they have to close their eyes. Uh, so, you know, this was a physical, I mean, obviously they describe this later on, but this was very strong physical discomfort. So uh obviously if it was any let's call it hypnotic uh, communication i don't believe that the lowering the sight would help you know in in the perception of of light right so so my feel is that, that truly it was uh, proper communication to children and it was a physical not the way we're talking about obviously not purely sort of based on belief or hypnosis or something which we imagine, obviously, but something which physically happened to the children.
2: Interesting. So so, do tell, what, what have been some of your, uh, when you read through some of these events and these accounts uh, from other people, what were some of the patterns that you were seeing? I mean, were people having religious experiences or... What was it that you were finding?
4: Well, what I really uh, concentrated probably more on people's not having religious experience because obviously, from my point of view, it is a little bit unsafe to purely rely on religious experience because obviously people can be influenced by their belief. And very often, you know, their experience could be undermined by other people or critical. So, for me, it was quite important that uh, many non-believers, atheists, or almost uh, people hostile to the church, to the religion, which was that time quite common in Portugal, basically uh, receive, could see the same. Obviously picture of the of this display, so I think this really makes in really genuine again physical display because some people, for example, observe this as you call it the dancing sun or jumping sun, they observe through binoculars, so again we're not, we cannot say that there was some you know hypnotic experience or some imagination. It was, again, must be truly physical, physical experience watching, watching, let's call it, this dancing sun. Obviously, we have to say straight away that it wasn't, obviously, sun which was dancing. But, again, this is why we're coming, that it was, a, in my opinion, a laser display. Which another way the, the disc was projected uh, such a way that could be seen by I'm saying about fifty thousand people. And um, one, when we're talking about uh, we mentioned this dancing or shaking, well, this is mm, very common uh, phenomena observed when you have a laser beam. Moving through the atmosphere, and as you know, atmosphere is, is is hot and air is moving moving up and down and essentially the laser beam obviously will be diffracted or deflected and will obviously will be moving up and down or left or right, but essentially up and down. so what we observe and it was again stated by so many witnesses the this jumping or the dancing sun was really the result of laser light traveling through the Earth's atmosphere. So I, I think that, that is what.
0: What a matchup! And what a team, Mike! Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive! Yeah. Play with the best. Switch to MetroPCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. MetroPCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on MetroPCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.
4: One of the, uh, obviously, very important proofs of the, again, genuine, I call it physical phenomena, which took part, not not psychological phenomenon.
2: No, but she said it looked like a disc, so it didn't have any solid mass to it. From what people described, it was uh, truly just a light.
4: Well, this was this was sort of like a, a silver matte and a changing colors disc. Again, it was not really solid because it was it was changing color. Another way could be from silver could be red, orange, purple, blue, green, whatever all all different colors and also was rotating and, uh, and rotating sometimes was uh, like throwing flames around well it looks like throwing flames like like, like the castrin wheel so okay. basically it was quite a spectacular event uh, so looking at, from this point of view, couldn't be a solid object because, uh, not only about rotation, but the, for example, again, rotation was visible, for example, on the mainly on the edges of the disk. So I think it's, uh, well, the whole, okay, <laughs> going into detail in description, I would say would have to exclude uh, that it was a, a solid object. It has to be a well, I call it optical projections. Okay. And obviously you can project, well, as of we know, you, you, we have now laser shows where you can project uh, pictures on, on clouds, you know, so you can... Right. Uh, on, on the sky. So this was exactly... There, was a, there were clouds, and on this, on this cloud was essentially this laser display was showing this disc.
2: So if this was a laser show... What was the purpose and who was behind this? I mean, wow, that's a big one. That's a doozy of a of a show to do and just to make people drop their jaws. Why? And what were these revelations? Uh you said there are three secrets sir that were given. What how what's the correlation with all of this?
4: Well, I think uh... Well, let's, let's look really into the purpose of this show. Maybe, maybe this really yeah. explains. Um, I mean, um, okay, I have to pick up a bit of history. I mean, Portugal went through sort of revolution in 1910, and the power was taken over by a very, let's call it, atheistic government whose, basically, their purpose was to remove religion from Portugal. So it, was, so it was many, many years before persecution of Christian or religion in in Russia happened. This happened almost, uh, I would say, almost ten, fifteen 15 years earlier in Portugal. So Portugal was going through that time, which is not really widely known, so it was a sort of like convulsion of internal struggle. Yeah. And obviously the... the fight with church, fighting with clergy, with beliefs, but the essential objective was the government say in two generations we want to remove all the religion so uh, I think the purpose of uh, Fatima was to support this religious feelings in Portugal uh, Another way to, um, to uh, somewhere prevent the forces—well, I don't want to call it evil—but forces which would be destroying Portugal, destroying belief, destroying religion, would come, would win. Otherwise, so that—that that was really the main objectives of the Fatima, because really people believed that it was a religious uh, apparition which. And practically after the Fatima, very quickly, you know, the government uh, was changed and the uh, situation in Portugal was substantially changed.
2: Mm, wow, that is, that's some powerful uh, experience. So there is a purpose. Yes, there is right. a purpose
4: of this, which is some. okay, it was not purpose seen by children or by people, uh, people observing this display. Uh, uh, but the result, outcome of this, that the people unbelievers who really watch this display, they came back and and started believing. So it was like a renewal of religious life in Portugal. Wow, that, that, that
2: that's pretty powerful. You know, Conrad, if somebody uh, has a question for you. We got a caller here from area code five two zero. Caller, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Hardy?
2: Hello, caller. Are you in there?
1: Yes. <laughs> Heidi, can you hear me? Ah, Hello? Oh, there
2: you are. Who am I speaking to?
1: This is Victor. I sent in the email to you earlier. As ah, referenced Victor! The How are you good. doing?
2: Great. It's good to hear you. Um, you know, I'm talking to this, this guest here. Did you have a question for him?
1: Yes. Well, um, I'm familiar with the Fatima incident. And I'm wondering if he knows about Project Blue Beam, which basically is a part of the HARP weapon system, and basically it utilizes um, holograms, and now there's reports of strange noises around the world, And I think that's part of the program too, and if he believes it's part of like psychological warfare.
2: Did you get the question there, Conrad?
1: Oh
4: well, yes. I mean, no. I'm not not familiar with uh, specific this uh, this project, but uh, obviously, what we're saying is uh, what I'm saying is that uh, how Fatima events were it truly organized and uh, what technology was used. Obviously, I cannot say for certain because obviously there's no record, there's no proof except what children obviously describe. So the fact that it was, obviously yes, there was a proposal that it was a holography use or whatever but I mean, what I'm saying is yes, if you if you have holography, obviously use lasers or, or in another way coherent light. So I would say yes, is this probable that for example that uh, holography could be used for the purpose of of, of display uh, but uh, I think the my conclusion was that it was uh, let's call it a, a technical display, that it was not a sort of uh, purely let's call it divine display which uh, affects directly people but uh, was rather a technical display which transmits information to Know, basically to children, that case, or other people's senses. I don't know, does it
1: answer your your question? Yes, actually it, it does. And I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question.
2: Uh, thank you so much for writing in earlier too, Victor. That was a very powerful letter. I, I really appreciate it.
1: Okay, and I, I forgot to mention in the letter the uh, place that I was staying at at the time of the event, McLaren Hall is located in El Monte, California. So if that you helps. want to reference that later. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, wonderful. So if anybody writes me, I'll definitely forward that on to you so you can uh, compare notes.
1: Okay, please do. And give them um, my email address as well. I'll be happy to communicate with anybody about Awesome,
2: that. Definitely. Okay, thank, you thank you so you. much once again, Victor.
4: Right, you Yeah,
2: you know, um, Conrad, you know, in, in speaking about uh, – you know what he was saying. This project uh, Bluebeam. I mean, if if something could be projected to make a people believe in one thing to change a whole nation, like you said, that it was Portugal was being essentially being steered to get rid of religion. I mean, do you think uh, that, that our governments and the our world governments had access to such things? Or your conclusions are that these were non-human beings that were intervening? Correct. <sighs>
4: Well, yes, but I mean, we we're looking practically almost a uh, hundred years ago. All right. So, so, well, this is why one my conclusion is that at this moment, obviously, exists technology that we could produce. Another way, obviously, people having resources could produce this type of display, this type of apparitions. So yes, obviously, would would uh, influence other people. And could uh, obviously, you know, whatever cause good or bad things. But uh, so at this moment, probably this type of uh, this type of apparition or display would not make such an impact on people as it as was made, for example, you know, hundred practically ninety years ago. Because we have to remember the the lasers were discovered in 1964. Mm-hmm so so basically before then you know wouldn't it was no other let's call it te- technique which yep. you know could produce this type of display
2: but even over in this country like they'll tell us like oh the stealth bombers they're the best thing ever you know and they could uh, avert radar and then we find they've had them for i don't know a couple of decades before they told us so how do we really know they didn't have any lasers back then? You know that's I I I'm sorry, but I don't believe everything our governments tell us. But so I, I'm I I don't know. The human potential is, is something else. But so essentially, these the this this display was done, and now there have been other reportings around the world of sightings of uh, Holy Mary, Mother Mary, uh, like Megoria. I mean, what what distinguishes Fatima from other experiences and un- unexplained events like this?
4: Well, I think, it, yes, there is a very, very important difference and this is, this is probably uh, really the main reason why I started really investigating uh, Fatima, because obviously you are quite right. There are uh, something like, uh, talking about almost thousands of reported apparitions and visions and even officially recognized by church we're talking about uh, at least probably a, a dozen recognized by church apparitions. Uh, well, the main reason really, what is uh, distinguishes Fatima is that the apparition were predicted mm-hmm. and as well as the display in the sky was predicted, and prediction. Was done in the Portuguese newspaper. Another way, two months before the first apparition, was sort of type of well, I call it uh, advertisement, which shows date of the apparition. Another way, the thirteenth of May, nineteen seventeen, with some general text, but obviously you know, it was a bit of text was a bit of coded but but the date and saying that it will be a very important events will happen for the whole Portugal was definitely stated. And the copies of this new newspaper obviously are available in the library. So this is not a trick or something you can do it because the original copies printed obviously can be can be checked, you know, that that's really happen. So so we're having this type of prediction sort of never happen before and after for any other apparition or as a matter of like any other paranormal you know, mm. events.
2: Not any major and, ones like that. Well, you know, we've got to go to our first break here, Conrad. You guys, you're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, on Inception Radio Network, and we will be right back. <laughs>
5: know when we pause for a commercial, it's always for somebody who pays the freight, pays the way. Well, I'm going to take time out to talk about somebody who can't pay their way. And that's the stray animals, dogs and cats and other animals, who uh, need your help. And there is a way to help them. Support no-kill animal shelters. It's a gift of life that keeps on giving. These animal shelters are located around the world and maybe in your neighborhood. Animals, they need love. They don't need to be sent someplace and then executed just because they don't have a home. Support the animal shelter that is a no-kill shelter near you. Give them a donation of $10, $25, $50 or more. The money will be well used. The animals will love you for it. So give a gift of love, a gift of life, to that stray dog or cat.
0: The staff here at Inception Radio Network would like to thank you, our loyal listeners. Thank you for spreading the word about Inception Radio. Our growth continues, and with your support, by spreading the word, we can only keep climbing. Spread the word about IRN. Let them know about our fantastic shows, our great hosts, and our live shows every night. We depend on you, the listener. That's why we do this. Thank you for supporting Inception
3: Radio Network. From all of us here at Inception Radio. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hello, Jamie Havokin here
0: for Pang Radio. You can hear Pang Radio live on the Inception Radio Network at 9 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday nights. We cover everything from UFOs to Bigfoots, aliens, conspiracies, and much more. We even hold Open Planet once a month where it's your chance to call in and share your stories. So keep your eye out for them. And check out PangRadio.com. That's where you can find out who is coming up on the show next week and more about MJ and pang radio so for pang radio and inception radio network this is jamie do
3: you have a smartphone if so inception radio network is the best app for you available on itunes android samsung and most other app stores just search inception radio network With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts, recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. you know it makes sense? Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there.
0: Get Advice. On aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here, with giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics. And the phone lines are always open at one eight eight one nine nine. Oops, nine one nine twenty three fifty five. I have Conrad cool chick he told me to pronounce it as in hey that's a cool chick cool chick isn't that cool yeah. um <laughs> so, <laughs> conrad we're talking about yes
4: it's calling out is all right yes
2: oh <laughs> uh, yeah i love that okay <laughs> but uh, we're talking about fatima and um it, that was an interesting fact i did not know that fatima is different because it, the events were predicted now so if these are these are predictors or people were able to you know crowd in like you said 50,000 people witnessed what was going on there I mean now where are you at with your research when you you've come to this conclusion this is different I think this is a laser you're an expert in lasers with your PhD and and so much background I mean how did you get to the conclusion that where you're at, and, and thinking that this this was done by some other higher intelligence.
4: Well, I, I think this is what we mentioned before. When you have when you have prediction, I mean, who can predict events like this? That's that's. I mean, the only uh, events could be predicted by the organizers. You know, I mean, there's, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, you know, that, that's is. I mean, even when I look from from the okay, maybe sometimes uh, we do not appreciate how difficult is predict even very common event. And uh, you know, one of sort of giving example that if we see, for example, a crossroad, a a pink Cadillac sort of passing, we can say, well, well, it's very strange, but nothing special. Right. But if you try to predict. Place and time that this pink Cadillac will pass the junction or crossroad is impossible practically. It's, it's, it's probably easier is to hit a, a jackpot than than to do prediction. So, so immediately, you know, I focus on this prediction and you know, and saying, you know, if it was predicted and also the display was predicted three months in advance. So we're having two predictions which were fully documented, so, as a scientist, I cannot really reject this prediction because it is mathematics almost if right. you know what I mean
2: right now, so, okay,
4: so-, so this is a critical in my belief well in my conviction this this was almost almost uh, obviously a critical argument which I mean, this is what I concentrate and I look into other apparition and also I look into other paranormal events and uh, also UFO events. Okay, I I, I don't say I've done uh, thorough investigation, but so far I could not find any, I call it, I could say almost any paranormal event which was predicted, predicted several months in advance. And... So that's that is what I mean. This is why Fatima is so outstanding in this field, in this area of paranormal events. And this is why, you know, I I focus on this event because there is something so unusual. True. So it,
2: it definitely does. So now, so you you've got that this something organized this to to have taken place. So you being a scientist to say. I think we're not alone in this universe. The title of your book, uh, <laughs> and, and that some beings did this. Why would they intervene in human affairs? They don't have any. I mean, I don't know. They don't have any any numbers in the game. Why Why would they do that?
4: Well, that's that's uh, took me quite a quite a long time to to basically reach this conclusion. I mean, obviously when when okay, we we really have to look this way. When when I establish that it was really, well, let's call it uh, extraterrestrial intelligent beings were responsible for this, obviously the immediate question was, why would they organize this? But the first question was, okay, if they organize basically with this... um, Apparition, or let's call it event in Portugal, did they intervene in human affairs before? So it wasn't really that in Portugal it was sort of like one-off event, special. Portugal was not really, in the sense, anything special from their point of view. It was It looks to me like it was a part of their policy or decision to intervene in human affairs. And therefore, I look uh, really into other events in the human history which really would indicate this some sort of intervention and obviously uh, events which are covered in mystery somewhere that we we are not able to explain really what's really happened and one obviously key event was the origin. Origins of the First Civilizations. Because this is a very hot topic even now. And, I mean, historians, scientists, academics, basically they don't have any firm, uniform conviction how this civilization could start it. And when I look into this civilization, basically what they started, they started... Almost instantaneously suddenly it was not sort of like a s- slow evolution development you know the slow slow improvement almost right from the beginning, we have fully developed civilization another way we are having obviously archaeological evidence which was dig up, which is could be well dated as you know so how this happened that now this Two, we're talking about mainly two civilization in Sumer and in Egypt how they really pop out just from Noah. And uh, this that, is
2: that that's interesting but I mean from a light show to you know them essentially messing with our DNA from Neanderthal man to you know we're building pyramids I mean is that what you're suggesting that uh they really got into the core of what we are?
4: Well, that's that's the other because I was working backwards. If you if you know what I mean, but I was I was (laughs) going from from Portugal from Fatima and trying to work backwards, looking into other events. I see. Really, mis well mystery basically. Yes and yes, basically you you have to go and ask let's call it logical questions. Okay, so basically question yes, if this civilization just jump out just like from a box, you know, how they could, could, could arise, how they could originate. And, okay, so the, so my study looked into the, obviously, let's call it um, pre-civilization people, like Neolithic people, which is very primitive barbarian people. And, again, this looked at these people, there was no way, could develop sophisticated civilization. What I, sorry, what I want to really say is: okay, we see when we talk about you know Sumer or Egypt, we see sort of temples, pyramids, because oh gosh, these pyramids are fantastic, isn't it? Or sphinx, whatever. But I look quite a different uh, contribution of the civilization. And what you what you find that in this, this civilization they develop for example new institutions, for example like justice. Develop uh, new management skills, they develop new ethics, they de- develop new humanitarian approach to people, mm. they develop charity, they provided equal e- equal rights for men and women. Something in other way, if you, if you look from the Neolithic guy who was sort of doing a bit of agriculture somewhere, jumping to, to sort of um, basically new society which is practically no different than ours. As a matter of fact, all our achievements originated from Sumer and Egypt. And this is not my opinion, it was Professor Kramer who is expert in Sumer, basically this is his opinion that without Sumer would not exist our Western civilization. Okay, so so basically we're looking not only sort of visible uh, achievements in architecture builder but achievements in human consciousness, achievements in human intelligence, because to manage very complex project, like irrigation project. They, they built thousands of miles of canals, dams, and uh, waterways, and whatever. It was something which is also you know, on the scale of a sort of modern world. So my problem was how this jump in all this progress could be possible. And it was said it was definitely jump, not not a slow development. So conclusion was that all this information the, had to be developed or practiced somewhere else, because Sumerian Egypt already, when people arrive in Sumerian Egypt, they already possess full knowledge. There was there is no sign, again this archaeologist confirms, there is no sign of real development, progress, neither in Sumer, not in Egypt. So the the, the real progress, real change happens somewhere else and this is why I'm proposing this, I call it proto-civilization or sometimes we can call it, I call it New Atlantis Um, but it's something when Effectively, all the knowledge and it was a huge amount of knowledge. I don't mention. I didn't mention medicine. I didn't mention technology, metallurgy, you know, the, all all invention, literature, um, writing, and so on. They had to be developed somewhere else.
2: I see. I, I I see where, where you're going with it. I don't think I've heard uh, someone look at it more from that perspective, how, you know, libraries and the written language first developed there, essentially, like you're saying, out of nowhere. So, and and I think a lot of people have concluded that they must have gotten this information uh, from elsewhere, but everybody's like, where's that hard evidence, you know, but that is kind of uh, hard evidence, you're saying, because there is no in-between from primitive man to a society all of a sudden.
4: That's right, yes. There, there is, that's right. There is no, let, let's call it no links, like in evolution, we can say, missing links we're talking about. It's exactly the same repetition in civilization. There is a missing link between the analytic, um, society, which is also well, well, uh, searched and, you know, we know quite a lot of about them and civilization, which we know. And there's nothing in between. And yeah. therefore, whatever, whatever this in between happen some in another place, but now we're coming to the you know if happen in another place you know we we're coming to to the same problem would it would take you know i would say hundred thousands of years to to develop this and who would develop this this technology who who develop this new ideas new concepts new religions and this is obviously my hypothesis, we cannot, I cannot say that, you know, I have a f- full proof of this, but, but what really happened is that Neolithic man was not really capable of absorbing this knowledge, not absorbing this concept, not, he, he, this conscious, his conscience was on very primitive, almost semi-animal sort of type of levels. And now we effectively have a fully-fledged modern human beings. So my hypothesis is that basically that okay, you can develop human race by education, it's true. We're doing this all the time now, as we know. Yes, we, we provide education to um, people and, and they they slowly increasing. But we know also very well that it's an extremely slow process. So the only Rapid development is possible by let's call it genetic intervention, and, and that is you know, otherwise, I, c- I can't see any other, other way really. So, we have either education or intervention. Genetic intervention is relatively very quick because it means that you need few generations, obviously, to you know, establish let's call it. A new, more intelligent people. We're not talking about races. This is—I want to emphasize that this what what uh, study shows that quite reverse. There is no difference in intelligence or conscious between uh, sort of different races because we are all we are all the same. But however, also we know very well there is a huge difference if you're looking on people around us in intelligence and in conscience.
2: Oh, I would say so. I live in Chicago. Lots of killing over (laughs) here. You know, a lot of Neanderthals running around doing horrible things to each other. I mean, I don't know. People are gun crazy over here. But you also come to the conclusion that uh, extraterrestrials had intervened in helping to remove the danger of communism in Russia. I mean, can you explain what do you mean by that?
4: Well, that's <laughs> that is <laughs> obviously um, another uh, mystery. Uh, certainly, it's mystery for me because um, uh, I live in communist country for twenty-five years. I knew the communist system inside out. I I studied a sort of communism when I came to the West. So I understand the operation. And basically the system in Russia was so perfect as a totalitarian, <laughs> I mean, system perfect of giving practically total control over people. There was no other possibility that this system could collapse on its own or could be attacked from outside because Russia was a very powerful country. Obviously. Now, so talking about the huge country, powerful country, which uh, obviously threatening the whole world, because communists obviously wanted to in, introduce communism in the whole world. You know, I was, <laughs> I was taught, you know, the other objectives, you know, for communists is we, every all other countries in the world, including United States, will be communists.
2: Oh my so uh, yeah. that, that
4: was a no it was, it was no joke this is what i'm saying that that oh, was,
2: oh i i believe it my grandparents left poland uh you know a long time ago too uh because they didn't like it so
4: <laughs> so this was a real danger so it was no yeah. but this was a thousand of tanks it was 80% of common of russia was working in armament industry this is why it was people were so poor hmm. so so there was an extremely danger that russia will provoke, probably, war, and go into war, conquer Europe, especially when the Russia slowly was falling behind the United States in technology, was even more, more danger, because they would try to, obviously, gain their foothold in the whole Europe. Not, not to mention, they, they provide, obviously, already was communist, were in China, Vietnam, and so on. What I'm saying is that Russia, the communism, is not like just an, a, another totalitarian system. It's, the, it's the something which completely would cause, destroy human race. And I know this because I, I felt this on myself. Mm. You're talking about, you know, the, the all what our civilization, I'm talking about now from almost the ancient civilization from the first civilization till now for the last five thousand years what we develop was to- essentially totally abandoned in Russia. So we're looking not on just a, just another country conquering another country, we're talking about the introducing worldwide totally inhuman hostile system of power system would destroy people, humanity.
2: So you're suggesting that these alien beings have been going around intervening because they're just so darn good and positive and so they're, they're rescuing us from ourselves? I mean, do you feel that well, uh, they're well, all it good? Looks
4: like because, because you mentioned, obviously, you mentioned Russia, yes, but also, also I mentioned in my book also Nazi Germany and the, and the atom bomb, which obviously was abandoned. So this is so we're talking about basically two. I mean, again, Nazi Germany was as bad as Russia. Maybe not as bad in a sense, but but uh, you know, so it was similar uh, destroying mentality of people, uh, brainwashing people, again uh, rejecting all let's call it humanitarian values which which we develop. So what what you saying? Yes, would these people coming and you know doing goodies for us and whatever? And this is, yes, this was the probably more difficult part uh, in my book, and also which took me some some time to basically discover to develop. Why would these extraterrestrial beings intervene in our affairs? You know, right. I, I'm not not I'm not. Uh, uh, not supporting series they they 're doing some like writers they 're doing this for fun for joy for entertainment, or because they are bored to death whatever what, you know <laughs> <laughs> that you know we 're talking <laughs> about ex- beings which are s- sort of like million years or maybe more hundreds of million years more advanced than ourselves so we 're not talking about something uh, similar to us, something which only using support superior technology but superior conscience and mind
2: but just as there are positive geniuses there are some pretty rotten ones out there i i I lean towards there being some bad aliens and some good ones but uh these ones that are intervening to save our hide i would say that they would be more positive but you suggest that uh they're still intervening now we only got a few minutes left to the show so i want you to to point out some of the things that you think they're still up to i mean what are they doing
4: well, obviously, I'm talking about this uh, these beings, which are let's call it, well, I call it, would it call it like, from a religious point of view, like angel, like uh, you know, and maybe the angels. There is some connection, you know. The religion took it somewhere from this uh, from these beings. But okay, what what I, I'm convinced the objective of these beings is that because they try. Which again, we didn't talk much about the develop human consciousness, and this is another way bring consciousness, bring humans towards God, because God has the highest consciousness, and therefore we're looking on the development of human beings to higher and higher levels, and I think as we know, wherever extraterrestrial beings are living, there is always limited amount of energy and eventually, you know, sun or stars are dying out and civilization will disappear. And in my opinion, these people are, let's call it, preparing humankind to take over the role to carry, basically carry on intelligence and consciousness in the universe. Another way, you know, the, okay, this objective, maybe we're talking about million years, we're not talking about something that's going to happen tomorrow, but, uh, but something which uh, indicates the, for the progress, and this is why obviously the progress is going to be slow, but eventually we reach, I believe they will reach the level of these extraterrestrial beings and we take over their role in the universe.
2: You know, this I, I see where you're going because there are others that kind of approach this in a more spiritual new agey way and they say we're going to rejoin the galactic federation of planets uh you know but we're too brutal right now and we have to be honed and, and trained so i see where you're going with this and uh you know and, and i see i mean looking at it from a scientific perspective you you have definitely a unique approach and uh, but starting from a religious uh format now have you i have to ask you this even though we got a couple minutes here you have you Have you made some people angry out there i mean you're you're saying the image of, of Mary showing up in Fatima was indeed not Mary I mean what's been the response that you've gotten
4: I mean people well obviously the image you're talking about the fatima yes the yes i mean well in Fatima was really like a figure about uh, about four feet high, which was like a doll you know. Not moving when speaking with not moving with mouth, not moving lips, whatever. So, so it was uh, obviously you cannot say you cannot say yes. This was uh, this was the Virgin Mary over there. This this was a a symbol obviously of something. So I don't think the people will will feel that uh, uh, that you know the Virgin Mary appears to people because. uh, Sally didn't look like this. This was this was uh, probably so artificial uh, picture. <clears throat> I see. So uh, so very far, very far from perfect.
2: Yeah. Almost well,
4: I, almost doll-like, not human. Right. So well, I, I, I,
2: I, I wanted to tell you uh, uh, something real quick. Here, we'll go over a couple of minutes, I guess. Um, there was uh, an article I read some years ago where this this girl came out of her home and and her mother and her sister were on their knees looking up at this image in the sky of holy mary and uh, but the girl was facing the opposite direction and saw literally a ufo projecting the image of mary and she's saying look behind you it, there's a ufo but her mother and sister were too in prayer and so you know mystified by seeing mary but she contends to this day that you know this was she saw what she saw. So I, I wish I knew that where that article was and who what who the lady was because uh, I've always looked for it and I just can't find it but it kind of backs up a little bit what you're saying. But how could people get a hold of your book um because we're we're ending the show already uh Conrad and I, I really appreciate you coming on.
4: Well, the book is available um, on on Amazon and on quite many other site and obviously the publisher is John Hunt uh, publishing. And the title? is We are not alone in the universe.
2: I really, really want to thank you Conrad Kulczyk for coming on all the way from across the pond in the UK. Thank you so much.
4: Well, thank you very much for inviting me.
2: Ah, oh, but of course. All right, you guys. Remember, you could catch me here every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Central. You've been listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander, on Inception Radio Network. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. Good night, everybody.
0: And what a team! Mike. MetroPCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to MetroPCS on an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. MetroPCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on MetroPCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.